Hi everyone and welcome to Tea Time with Bela. Today's topic is on intergenerational relationships. Universities like Cambridge and Harvard are working on the importance of these relationships in our lives. And I can tell you from personal experience that these play such an integral part in my life. And uh, one such relationship is with Laura. I met Laura in 2016. That's when she came on board to work with me on Zeva Designs. Now, our first meeting was really memorable and dramatic, to say the least. Right, Laura? Um, I'm thinking about, you know, 2016. I was fresh out of college, um, was working as part-time as a wedding coordinator. Um, and my boss at the time was one of your really good friends. And she, um, we were in the office one day and she said, oh, um, one of my friends, Bela asked us to come over and help her set up one of her one of her jewelry shows. And so we went over there and I had no idea what I was about to walk into. <laughs> uh, Bela was not feeling well. Um, and that was kind of the reason we were there is to kind of step into her shoes um, and kind of help her with what she was setting up for her jewelry show. I just felt so bad because... <laughs> <laughs> Because she was very sick, not feeling well at all. I think you were even throwing up in the bathroom a little bit. I felt so terrible and kind of just like didn't didn't really expect. It was full shock and awe. But, you know, we got through it and we we listened to your detailed instructions on how you wanted everything done. And it worked out really well and you felt better. And that's what's important. But I had no idea that we would be sitting here, you know, what? eight seven years later so definitely a memorable start to our friendship for sure it definitely it definitely was and you know when I was throwing up and explaining what you know my vision for the event and I remember you said you know what Bela I got this don't worry about it and at that moment I was like I want this young woman to be a part of my life and so I'm so glad that we have continued the, our relationship even post uh, Zeva Designs. And I, do, I think I might have mentioned this to you before, but I just wanted to tell you that that was so important to me. And your relationship is so important to me because you're one of the very few people that I know who got my chronic illness like right away. You know, I've had um, our rheumatoid arthritis since I was in my 20s. And it was also, it's always been very difficult to explain what it means. You've always gotten that. And I remember, um, you know, there were times when I would call you and I would say, hey, I'm so tired. Um, let's just postpone the meeting. And you would say, you know what? I got this. Don't even worry about it. Um, and you were like, you would come over and, you know, I would be laying down and you were just putting everything together. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, for doing that and us having conversations over different things. And just, it's been very important to me. Well, it's been really important to me too. I mean, I don't have a lot of extended family in Houston. Um, and that was such a formative time in my life. Just, you know, being fresh out of college and trying to find myself as an adult and a, a, a working woman. Um, and not really having a whole lot of guidance in terms of career um, and just having you as, as basically an aunt in my life, just to kind of be like checking in, 
how are you doing? Um, is there anything I can do? I know people that can get you at this place, this place, this place. Um, and just giving me real guidance and and comfort in that time of my life, it was so important. And just even now, you know, I'm a mom of two kids. Um, you're also a mom. You worked full time as they were growing up, and just coming to you for advice, like, "Hey, is this is how I'm feeling? Is this normal? Um, is there something wrong with me? Do I need to just give up, you know, working entirely and be a stay at home mom?" And you're like, "No, if if that's what you want to do, that's fine." But also like you have a vision and you have a passion for what you do. And that's so important to hold on to. So just having you in my corner and having you as a support system in my life has just been so important. So thank you so much. So glad that, you know, for us, this friendship is, is so meaningful. And I remember the conversations that we had over breakfast table, some <laughs> not discussed, um, but, you know, um, uh, talking about that, how are the babies, how, how's preschool going, how's, you know, daycare? Right. So, you know, I have an almost four-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, and so we just started actual preschool this year. And, you know, the search for the right school begun a year ago. I mean, I was having, I was interviewing schools. I was meeting teachers at this time last year. Um, so that was a, definitely a longer process than I thought it would be, but so worth it to me because, you know, I had a lot of questions and especially in these times that we're living in, there's so much uncertainty. There's so much fear about kids safety at school in terms of illness or you know outside factors and then also you know education on and what they're being taught and so i had all of these questions it really took a, a good solid year to get all of those answered just interviewing all the right schools meeting the teachers and and seeing how i felt you know with them and seeing them interact with the kids was so important to me so that was, you know, a, quite the process. Um, and then my one-year-old just started daycare a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, that's been an adjustment. You know, I had her at home with, you know, a babysitter to help me during the day. I was so glad that I was able to be there with her and, and watch her as she was so young, you know, crawl for the first time, um, eat solid food for the first time. Like all of those milestones were so important for me to witness um, but now that she's passed a year, I feel like that was a good starting point for her to start at a daycare. Um, and luckily, it was the same one that my four-year-old previously went to. So I had, you know, utmost confidence in the facility and the teachers. I went through that search process in COVID. And that was a whole experience on its own, too. I mean, we weren't even allowed to go in the class you know, everyone was wearing masks and we weren't really even sure what they looked like. I mean, do you remember that? Like everybody's yes. face looked like this. So that had its own set of challenges too. But, you know, knowing the school and knowing the teachers for goodness, three years now, um, I had such peace of mind when she started. All of that to say they're doing really well. And since we are on this topic of early childhood education, you know, preschools and daycares play such an important role in our lives, whether you're working outside the home or not. But I think for you and I, and I'm speaking on your behalf because we've had this conversation before, but they play such a, a crucial part because they give us the opportunity 
not only to be good mothers, but also to be able to focus on our careers and not feel guilty that we are somehow not giving our kids the right education, social skills, um, intellectual skills, so as to speak. You know, and I can't thank those teachers enough, you know, for looking after our kids. I can't imagine what it's like having what is it, 10 one-year-olds being in charge of them every day? Can you imagine? But yeah, in order to fully focus on what you're doing, you have to have so much trust Mm -hmm. and so much confidence in the providers taking care of your children. So that that is of utmost importance. Otherwise, I mean, I wouldn't be able to focus on whatever I'm doing because I'm constantly anxious and not knowing what's going on. So I couldn't agree more. And, you know, thinking about work-life balance, I just have to vent for a minute. Okay. This whole <laughs> lazy girl job situation. It oh just my gosh. annoys me so much. And, you know, and the, and the crazy part is that it was coined by a TikToker named Gabriella something. And I find it so problematic. It's like, why does it have to be gendered? And and especially like something like lazy girl jobs, which is an oxymoron in itself. It just drives me, drives me nuts. I think the concept is cool, Mm -hmm. but the name, I don't know what you think about it. No, I mean, it's silly and ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think there is something to be said for a flexible work environment. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, where you can work from home some of the time, kind of make your own hours as long as your tasks are being done, like, and you're available. You don't have to be sitting in front of a desk for, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. I completely am on board with that, but maybe we should change the name. And, you know, talking about flexible work hours, we cannot emphasize enough on the importance of, you know, having affordable early childhood educational centers, to be honest, means that's played an important role in both our lives. Mm -hmm. It's so prominent in the news right now. The prices are skyrocketing and there's a wait list a mile long. Um, I mean, I was doing research on this and I came across Kate Middleton and the work that she's doing as a prominent figure She's using her powers for good and and campaigning this. And I think that's so important. There should be more public outcry. There should be more support, especially from, you know, from the everyday mom. Like, listen, these are the problems that we're having. We don't have access. It's not affordable. And even if there is one, there's a, a year-long wait list. That's just such a problem. And so to see someone like Kate Middleton in the press campaigning for this cause is just it means a lot, honestly, because not enough is said about it. And if she can make enough headlines about this topic, maybe something will be done. And I totally agree with you. And like you, I um, really like Kate Middleton and I've always liked her. And, you know, when I was in grad school, I took a course on the importance of early education, childhood education in context of, of you know, cross-cultural study of women. And it's not like low-income families don't understand the importance of early childhood education. It's just that they don't have access to it. And the fact that, you know, Kate Middleton is working so hard on promoting that cause is extremely meaningful and and honestly important across cultures. It's not just UK-based 
you know, attempt. I think she's trying to make like a global awareness for that and, you know, all the power to her. So we definitely need to do like a bonus episode on her. You know. I know we could talk for hours. Oh my God. <laughs> I know like totally. And, you know, and, and talking about kind of children, what are your hopes and fears for both the kids? I always want them to know that I did my best. Mm-hmm. I provided the best care that I could while also providing for the family. I wear a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of different roles. I want them to know that you can still achieve your dreams. You can still pursue those goals and be an amazing mother. I think the struggle out there right now is that people see the picture perfectness of it all. They see this really high powered career woman and they also see her being an amazing mother. The in-between is really hard. That doesn't get shown as much. There's a lot of if forgetting lunches at home or, you know, for forgetting to run errands for a school project the night before, you know, all of that stuff kind of gets lost. That doesn't mean that you're a bad mom. Leaning on your support system, your friends, your adopted aunties, <laughs> your um, your family that you might have in town, leaning on people and asking for help also doesn't make you a bad mom. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't do it. It doesn't mean you're not capable So leaning on your support system is so important. And I think we just need to have a conversation about we can't do it all by ourselves. And I agree with that because, you know, when people always say, oh, so you raised Gabe by yourself. And I was like, absolutely not. I had a village that helped me. So I never really felt like I was I was a single mother. I had like my parents, my sister, brother-in-law, my circle of friends, um, you know, you, you know, talking to Gabe about stuff. And I think that is so important to say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. I need help. And there's no shame in it. And I think luckily you and I both have parents that have said, you know, if you need help, ask, you know, it's not a bad thing to, to do. But in our society, like you said, in media, it's all about being the perfect mother. And it just puts so much pressure And it does even now, you know, so it can feel really isolating when you feel like you're the only one struggling, but we promise that that's not true. The more it gets talked about, the more that we see that we can all, we all struggle. And it's about accepting help, leaning on your support system and doing things that fill your cup right? and recharge your batteries. That's how you get through it. The hard times. Oh, for sure. And it definitely helps with the kids. And so going back to the question, hopes and fears for your children. Yes. We digress, but yes. I'm going to back into it. I, I want them to see that being vulnerable mm-hmm. is okay. Right. Um, my hopes for them is that they see, they see the flaws in me but they also see me overcome so much. My fears for them is that the world feels really dangerous sometimes. I don't want to live as though it were not happening. Um, I think it's important to to take in what we're seeing and act accordingly, but also I don't want to live in I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to 
be so confined by my anxiety and my fears that it affects how we live. I want to be smart about it, but I also want them to have confidence and be the light that they want to see in the world. I just want them to thrive. I mean, isn't that what we all want? (laughs) And you know, they will. You are an amazing mother. And I've always told you that. And, you know, you have such a wonderful husband and a lovely family. And you have me, your aunt. (laughs) And so I think each generation has different, you know, hopes and fears. And I think in so many ways, your generation has so much to deal with. But, you know, kids are strong, they're resilient. And I think it all works out at the end. So have no fear, my dear Laura. And on that note, thank you so much for coming on the show and just chatting about our friendship. And listening in person, you know, we might as well do it for everyone else. (laughs) Exactly. So listeners, I hope you had as much fun listening to it as we had recording it. So take care and make sure to follow us on Spotify, which I hope you're doing, Instagram, and talk to you soon. Bye.